All right, good morning. Welcome to Community Church. Well, listen, I, uh, this is a great day to talk about climate because we've had a, a warm spell here and it's wonderful. It's unusual. It's great for January. But, uh, you know, we are meant to be climate control agents for the globe. There's all kinds of reasons why people come to church and there's so many outcomes when we come and worship God, when we pray, when we gather, our social needs are met, our intellectual, emotional needs are met, our spiritual needs are met. But none of these things constitute the main reasons as to why we gather. The main reason why we gather is because God wants to fill the whole planet the whole ecosystem of the globe with a commodity of life, a commodity called the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And as that commodity increases in the atmosphere of a nation, common sense begins to take root in the minds of people. You see, there's, there's two kingdoms and there's a warfare going on on two levels. Because the kingdom of darkness is trying to open gates, but the people of God are trying to open gates. And I'm telling you that the gate of heaven and the gate of hell are both on the earth. And the ones who succeed, the ones who change their nation into the likeness of the God they serve, is the one that succeeds in opening the gate and keeping it open. Worship is where that opening begins. And so this morning... I invite you to participate in the opening of the gate of heaven. We need right now to open the gate of heaven. There are things happening politically. There are things happening socially that need to be infused with, uh, with the life of heaven, that need to be guided by the paradigm of the nature of God. So, Father, we say, Lord, let the earth be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Beginning with this room, beginning with this province, beginning with this country. Let it come. Let's worship him. Come on, let's lean in. Let's lean in for our nation. Your sound, the sound of faith coming from your mouth the sound of victory that's in your heart. Let it begin to come out. Let that faith begin to stir inside of you. Lord, we say there's a light that shines in the darkness that cannot be stopped. Let your light shine. Yeah, listen to this word from Isaiah 60. It's, listen to what it says. It says, Arise, shine. Listen, this may have applied so many years ago, but it applies every time there's a shadow cast over the earth. Every time there's a shadow cast over your mind or your feelings or the circumstances of your life, the Lord says to you, Listen, I have made you to be a bright, shining star. I have made you to be an agent 
of contradiction against the kingdom of darkness. So in the darkest moments, it's time for you to discover that there is a source of light inside of you. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Upon you, upon you, upon you. Wherever, whatever situation you're in, I want you to stand up right now. If you're physically able to stand up, and I want you to begin to say no to the darkness. If you, whatever image you need to conjure up of resistance so that you say no, whether it's Neil from The Matrix, whether it's some of your, your favorite movie from Braveheart or some biblical story, the heroes of God are men and women who stood up in the midst of deep darkness and said, no, 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 not in my nation, not in my city, not in my life. Now, there are people in our midst today that might be in the midst of crisis. You might be in the darkest hour of your life. And I'm going to open this front up here, and I want you to come and stand here in the middle. And there's a team of people that are going to surround you and bless you and pray for you. And so I know there are some people that we said we'd pray for. Come forward now. Don't wait. Don't wait until there's a bunch of people. Come right now. You know, the truth is... God has given you a light. If you're a born-again Christian, God has given you a light. And let me tell you the secret of that light. It cannot be extinguished by anything or anyone except you. It cannot be taken or extinguished by anyone except you. Unless you choose to quit, that light will always shine. And the enemy is only trying to convince you to give up. And if you believe that, then you quit and he wins. But if you refuse to believe that, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot, cannot overcome it. Come on. This is the power of the light that is inside of you. It's, this is all a warfare of propaganda. It's all a warfare of propaganda. And we say we refuse to believe it. We refuse. Come on. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse in the name of Jesus. Canada will serve the Lord. I believe, I believe, I believe. Come on. Well, what are we believing? Yeah, we're believing that Jesus died and raised, was raised from the dead. But not only that, we're believing that the warfare, the warfare is not natural, it's spiritual. And that there are spiritual weapons that must be used. 
Listen, in the revelations when Babylon is judged, the, the Spirit of the Lord testifies. It says, you have filled the nations with your sorceries. Do you know what we're up against as the church of Christ? Not just ideologies, not just known and obvious patterns of sin, not just evil men, but sorceries that propel and reinforce and make these things possible. Anything you have seen, any destruction in any nation can come to any nation except for a church that believes and understands that the warfare is not natural, but it's spiritual. This is why we worship. This is why we fight our battles this way. This is why me opening my mouth and you opening your mouth determines the victory. It's not just a nice biblical idea. It is the reality that defines destinies for everyone and everything. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. All right. Well, today's a special day, and I wasn't originally going to be here for it, but we have a uh, special couple, Cameron and Jennifer Mitchell from Stony Plain. It's such a delight to have Jennifer as our morning speaker today. So I don't know how you guys want to proceed, but we want to receive you both and if you want to, Cameron, if you want to give a greeting, but Jennifer is the speaker and the senior pastor of Stony Plain uh, Lighthouse Church. But, okay, bless you. Wow. It is an absolute honor and privilege to be here this morning. Cameron is... Um, he is a firefighter in the city of Edmonton, so he's been working night shifts. And originally I had said, you know, we need to team tag, tag team. And uh, so he's had a rough night, so he's excusing himself. But I want to take this opportunity to just kind of uh, honor the apostolic leader of community church. This is Pastor Mark and Wendy. And I also want to honor and bless uh Pastor Chris and Jennifer, Paul is here. We know quite a few people here, but it is an honor. Thank you so much for having me. And I believe that the Lord has a word for you guys. Amen? Amen. 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 So, Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, you're already here. So I pray that you open up even those gates in our hearts that haven't been opened yet. I know the worship team have been singing, let's open it up so that your light may come in. But Lord, for those who haven't opened that up yet, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, may you drop your love and your oil into their hearts that they may receive what you have for them this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I kind of wondered a little bit what I would be talking about this morning. And then I realized, you know, when Pastor Chris sent me a message uh, to come be here this morning, I thought, okay, I'll share a little bit of my testimony. But then again, I am a pastor, so I have a word. Amen? And I'm thinking, it's community church. These are believers. They can't go to church and not get a word of God. Amen? So I have a word, but I'm going to start with my testimony. I come from Uganda. 
And Cameron Mitchell is my husband. He's here. Our two kids are upstairs in the children's ministry. By the way, can we just thank the worship team again? It's so awesome to be in such wonderful presence. I feel like, so as I leave today, I'm going to be taking some of that anointing for Lighthouse Church. I receive it and I take it. Pastor Mark and Chris, they know this is how we function in the spiritual realm. When something is being prophesied, it's for someone else, but I take it anyway because God has enough for everybody. Amen? And so... There is something in the biblical principle that is called the eons of time. Meaning God is a God who functions by timing. When the Bible said in the beginning that Jesus died and he was crucified and yet his love is forever. It's the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. How could it be if he already did that over 2,000 years ago? It is the revelation of a spiritual principle called timing. Amen? Meaning I can go into a place of an altar, whether it's by prayer or worship, open up the floodgates of heaven and move myself into a time of the generals. Amen? I can move myself into a time of the miracles. When God was doing miracles, I can tap that in the spiritual realm. Amen? So even right now, the time is already clicking. Just when I started speaking, there is a particular season and a time that God wants to do something in your life today because we're here. There is nothing special about me, but the spirit of the Lord is here to release a word. The thing is, will you take it? And when you hear it, will you receive it? Because, you know, Christians who are not believers... We're so used to coming to church and we hear the pastors and we take the word. We've seen it. We've heard it. And I know it all. I've read the scripture. But the spiritual realm does not function like that. The spiritual realm is this spiritual realm, the now. God is a God of the now. The word is of the now. Everything is now. I'm opening it now. I tap into the spiritual realm, into the eons of time. I want to give you something that is going to help you for the year 2022. And it's going to be in three categories. 2022, I've told our church, my church family, it is a year of extremes. But that was a word for our church, and I kind of declare and say whoever wants to take it, because there's going to be extreme side of the darkness and extreme side of the light. It was unbelievable when you guys are declaring the word to them. I'm thinking, Cameron, they have no idea. This is going to be good. Amen? Because it is a year of extreme things, meaning there is a possibility that we could live on the extreme side of the light. The word for the church is today that the Lord is releasing and unveiling a new realm of the spirit. Amen. We know the things of the spirit. We've heard Pastor Mark and Chris and everybody else preach. But this year, 2022, is going to be a different level of anointing, a different level of prophecy, a different level of worship, a different level of prayer, a different level. It's almost like God himself is going to walk on earth. Why do I say this? Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. I want to give a background before I even share my testimony a little bit. Genesis chapter 2. 
We're going all the way back to the beginning. Amen? Do you know that when God wants to do something, he goes back to the beginning? When he wants to restore, he goes back to the beginning. When he wants to release, he goes back to the beginning. It's a good thing to go back to the beginning. You can't always stay on the high because great things come from little beginnings. Amen? Genesis chapter, chapter 2, verse 2, the Bible says, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Genesis chapter 2. I have a question for you. If God, in the very beginning of the Bible, this is Genesis, where in chapter 2, the rest of the things haven't happened yet, and God rested, meaning he is done with all of his work. The question I have is, how is he doing all of these other things after that? How is God working miracles? How is God performing? How is God touching lives? How is God blessing us? If he rested in the very beginning, he finished his work, he created the universe, did everything, created man, everything, and it's like, I'm done. Have you ever thought of that? It's because God said, now I created man. And he gave the legality of the spiritual realm to man. So God is no longer doing anything. He's resting. And he's seated. The Bible says, if you look into the scripture, the Bible says everywhere you see it, say God is seated in heaven. He's seated, he's seated in majesty. He's seated there. Meaning he is waiting on the sons of men. He is waiting on the sons and daughters to open up the floodgates of heaven and release heaven on earth. God rested. Genesis chapter 2, he rested. And I think to myself, is, if God is busy resting, who is supposed to shine the light on earth? Pastor Chris and Pastor Mark, they're saying it to each other. We do that all the time. You know, who is, it's us who are supposed to shine the light. So 2022, if you want to walk on the edge, it's going to be for those who walk on the edge. The Bible says, you know, his word is like a double-edged sword. A double-edged sword. So let's linger on that. I love that word. Linger. I like it. When I worship, I like to linger. When I pray, I like to linger. When I, when I, when I'm, when I do anything, I like to linger. Because in lingering, there is something in lingering. It takes away the flesh, allows the spirit to move in. It takes away all of that stuff, allows God to function. Lingering. So the Bible says God has rested. 2022. In order for the spirit and the veil of the spirit to be broken, I'm going to be speaking about three things today. The word of God, the fire of God, and living in dominion. Now, don't try to ask me how all of that will fit together. It will just fit. The thing about it is I don't think about spiritual things. I, I don't pre-plan it. It doesn't matter if I'm right, if I say it right. And we're going to find out today. It's not about saying it right. It's not about being a certain way. It's not about how we look. Yes, you know, I like to look good. You know, put on makeup at least every Sunday for sure. <laughs> you know, put some lipstick on. But it's not about the lipstick. It's not about the, how you dress. But you know what I love about it? I love to look my best when I come before the Father. 
Because in this atmosphere is the presence of God. And I asked myself if I was going to see Justin Trudeau or all of these people and I'm going for a meeting, how would I prepare for that meeting? But you see, we have Christians who don't prepare for Sunday service. They don't prepare at all. They're coming to meet the king of kings, but they make no preparation. Is this okay, guys? No preparation. I'm just going to go every Sunday. I'm just going to go. You know, and then I'm waiting on the pastor to give me what they have. And if the worship team, which probably would be at my place, you know, if something goes off a bit, they'll be like, oh, they went off key. This is what's happening. Well, why are you here? It's not about how the worship, how good the worship team sings. It's about how low I can go in the presence of God. That when I leave, I tell my church family and say, we preach the word unapologetically. Make no apologies for the word. God doesn't need my help to defend himself. He doesn't need my help. The Holy Spirit doesn't need your help. He doesn't need our help. He just does it. Amen? So, I come from Uganda, but when I was nine in Uganda, I was captured by the rebels. This is the LRA uh, with the leader, Joseph Konye. And I was in the bush for about a year. Seen a lot of things. Been, you know, just like shooting. I was trained to become a soldier in the bush by the rebels. Gone through my own family, burned houses, done so many things. Kids are in Sunday school, right? Are they? Good. And so, you know, you go through that lifestyle. And I've seen my own family members being brutalized, brutalized. I've seen people who are, you know, rape and all of these kinds of things. They go into villages. And, you know, in Africa, it's just little grass huts. When you talk of a town, it's kind of like a small area, space, that have grass huts everywhere. All you have to do is light one on fire, and the rest of it will go. Now, I wish Christians could be like that. It's like you just have to light one hut. One person, one, one prayer warrior, in Stony Plain and Spruce Grove, Parkland Country is on fire for God. The problem is, we're busy not being believers. And through that life, at the age of nine, I struggled. I went through the bush. In the beginning, you know, you're trying to hide. There is fear. There is pain. I'm just going to put it out there. If you think about it, something that you've gone through it, I've been there. Depression, anxiety, bullying. I didn't even know there was such a thing as bullying. I found out when I came to Canada. I'm like, oh, that's the thing. Okay. (laughs) You know, depression. I thought I was just, you know, sad from not having enough food and running all over the place, just running for your life. You see, the thing is, there is such a thing as perspective. And you have to be careful when you talk about people or when you judge people or you put your perspective on things because right from where I'm standing right now, I have a very different angle of Pastor Mark. And if I ask Ben what he sees, he's seeing the side of them, I'm seeing the front of them. So watch what you say. It's all about perspective. And the problem is in the church... People pick other people's perspective. They take it as a truth and they live on it. Oh, dangerous. Don't live on other people's perspective. Don't make your decisions on other people's perspectives. Don't make important decisions of your life dependent on someone else and what they thought or something that happened. 
So in this time, I'm in there. I'm going through all of this thing. Now, you got to remember, do you know when you're going through something, you don't realize the, the, the intensity of it until you come out of it? Right? So I'm in the bush, nine years old. You know, I'm afraid and all of this. And they decided just killing kids, killing them, shooting them, killing them. You know, I'm kind of brazing over it. And so in that time, I was so depressed, so suicidal. Nobody loved, I felt like nobody loved me when I came out of the bush because I've seen so many people die. Landmines everywhere. You know, you're running. The armies, the government army are shooting. The rebels are shooting. You know, your hands are tied. And then you're tied to each, to each other, to the kids. And by the way, they only took young children and then they trained them to become soldiers. There is such a thing. We got to, oh, that's why I, me and Cameron were passionate about the next generation. Can I just say that? The next generation, the future is in the next generation. And I'm so proud of what Community Church and Lighthouse Church were doing because we've done a transition like no other. I'm just going to put that out there. There is an apostolic leader in this house, and then there is a pastoral, and it goes. Not that they leave the church. By the way, who thought of that system? When a pastor comes, the other one's got to go. I don't know. But I was in a season of my life that I was so numb. I wanted to escape, and time came when I couldn't escape. And then trying to escape only made things better. Have you ever been in a time where you want to do the right thing, but doing the right thing will put you in trouble? Right? So I'm trying to do the right thing, but I realize I'm just putting a target on my back. And so I changed and I flipped and I started doing all of the wrong things because I just wanted to survive. Now I look back, I say, I will never judge other people. By the way, one of my favorite statements is it's impossible to offend me. Literally, for the most part. <laughs> but it is true. If you tell me the truth, that is the truth. Why should it bother me? It's the truth. If you're correcting me, just correct me so I, ca I can be better tomorrow. Don't smile in my face, tell me you love me, and then go talk behind my back. Don't tell your pastor you love them and not support them. And by the way, there is such a thing as watching what you say about your spiritual leaders. I feel like I'm on a free range here. I can kind of like go whatever. <laughs> you know, what you say about your leaders, you know, you, you pray prayers and you do all of this thing. If we only knew, we're going to look into the word here. But I want to finish, you know, just that, that section. So I come out of the bush having done so many bad things. You know, when the Bible says that he's taken my sins away from me as far as the east is from the west. It's just a scripture, but it means so much. So I can stand and easily say all of the bad things that I did because I know that the scripture which is the word of God that is alive, say, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are found in Christ Jesus. That's why the word. People ask, how do you move from something like that? Moved to Canada, never thought I would meet Cameron, didn't have all of that, but God orchestrates the future, amen? And even in your troubles, even what you're going through nowadays, I rejoice in troubles. We've had two floodings at the church since the beginning of the year. 
And the word that I gave the church was, you know, the extreme. And then I added for our church, it was going to be a year of explosion. But you see, I, I failed to describe what kind of explosion. <laughs> and so I have all these young adults and the youth saying, Pastor Jennifer, you should be specific with your word. This is what you teach us. I said, yes, yes. So I stood at the church the next time and I say, no gas leaks, no sewer explosions, no water explosion. I had to be specific. Amen. We only want the explosion in the spirit. Amen. So you can take it. We can take it because it's going to happen all over the place. Explosion. I believe that more people are going to come into not just one church because I'm done talking about just one church. When I say church, I mean the entire church. Amen. It's not a big deal. It's not about lighthouse. It's not about I hope not about community. It's about the church of God and what God wants to do in the church because we have Christians whom God has already rested in the heavens and we are here on earth doing nothing. We're failing him. Got to remember, God rested. If anything is to happen, all the things that have happened, even from the times of the generals, is because they, they exercise the dominion that they have. Do you know that when God created Adam, and he wanted to create Eve. He couldn't just pick another dirt. Because when he created Adam, he had already given the legality of the earth to Adam. Spiritual principles. Now he needed permission. Do you know God needs permission sometimes? He needed Adam's permission in order to do anything. That's why we say when we create altars and we go to prayer, it is something we are giving God access because he's already given us the authority and the dominion. We go in prayer and I say, God, I exchange. I'm giving you legal access to function through me as a vessel so that a dead man can rise, so that the sick can be healed, so that the dead, the lame can walk and the deaf can hear. Amen. I'm giving God access. That's why it's a very important thing for Christians to be prayerful. Because you cannot function without prayer. How do you function without the Holy Spirit? I have no idea. One of my prayers as a leader is that holy, I am living by revelation guided by the Holy Spirit. So I tell people every time, I would rather look like a fool and do the right thing. I'll ask all the questions. I look like I don't know it. And it's okay. Because if I have an idea and I allow a few other people to speak in the room, I realize, man... That's awesome. Forget my idea. Let's do that thing. That's how we lead. Because we don't know it all. Amen? So I'm in this time, and one of my best friends, a group of people from the same village were captured with, and we were going to go into Sudan now. And the thing about that is when you were captured, you know, in these groups, we call them battalions, meaning you bring from different groups. They all come into one, uh, one place. And then there's levels of commanders and different places of authority. And by the way, that is very high level of witchcraft. Very high level because they, they, they acted under spirituality and a holiness and they spilled holy water. Not every, no wonder the Bible says, not everyone who calls me Jesus, Jesus. They would sing to the spirits and everything. The thing is, what spirit were they singing to? What spirit? Some people can even say, I worship you, God. But really, what God are you worshiping? If you're enchanting something, who are you enchanting to? Because there's only one God. One. 
Amen? And so the thing is, you know, it's easy to think that I'm doing the right thing when you're doing the wrong thing. And we came out of the bush. This one time, I remember so clear, and I always share this part, um, the government army came in. We were going to be rescued that day, and I wasn't. Because it was just a field of just a war zone, like exchange uh, gunshots everywhere. And the helicopter came in, and I remember that day so clear as day. The helicopter came in, some, uh, so the, the government army are shooting. The rebels, of course, you know, they, 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 they have the guns. They're the ones who have the guns. We don't have the guns. And the government army is shooting. This exchange of fire. We're tied up. They can just run. And I remember feeling so mad at my government. I'm like, seriously, this is all the government's fault. Have you ever been so mad at your leaders? Like, I am just so mad. This is all their fault. And I had to forgive my government after. I had to let it go. And that's where we're going to be talking about living by fire. Amen? Amen? We had to let it go. And I had to let it go. But I remember watching this helicopter fly away with these children looking down at us. And they had been rescued. And in that moment, all hope was gone. Have you ever been in a place of desperate you know, maybe be, you've had a, a new diagnosis from the doctor. Something is happening in your marriage. Your children are not serving the Lord. I don't know. Someone is on drugs, alcohol. Yes, we talk about that. I don't know. They woke up one day and decided they're going to be, you know, gay or something. I don't know. Like I said, I speak unapologetically. We preach the gospel. And these things are not right. Amen. You can't just wake up one day and decide that the God of heaven somehow made a mistake. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You can't give yourself breath. So you cannot insult the one who gave it to you. That's dominion, by the way. People of dominion speak a certain way. People of power speak a certain way. And it's high time that the church wake up and start to take their place. Amen? So I'm here in the bush. And from that day when the girls were rescued, there is a, a lingering, there's a hollowness, there is an emptiness that left me that day. Because I was torn in between two things. I'm like, I could have escaped. I could have, like, and I came from a Christian background. Christian family, they were praying for me. I didn't know that, but when I came back, I knew they were praying for you the whole time. At church, they were praying for me. But I, 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 I lost all hope. And I decided to think, well, you know, God, like I got I to gotta help myself. I got I to gotta do something. I got to, you know, I can't just sit there and wait for God to help me. And I tell people, all the young people all the time, if, if you're in school, read and study. You're not going to get A's and pray to God and hope that he's going to give you an A when you don't study. You're not going to get a good girlfriend, young adults, when you're busy partying outside you have nothing to do with church and you think you're going to marry a church girl who loves God, right? We cannot, as Christians, keep on sinning and doing all of these things and think it's going to be mercy on grace. And by the way, you need a new revelation of what the grace of God looks like. New revelation. Amen? So in that moment, I thought to myself, I need to escape. And by that time, I was already a leader. I had my own gun. I had a couple of girls with me. I took 36 girls with me. We went to collect firewood, and we were making this big thing. We were on the border of Uganda and Sudan. 
were on the border and they were going to cross us over and that's the thing is so they they give the children over to the armies in Sudan the army gives them ammunition guns and landmines so that's kind of how it functions right and i knew that i could not cross over i have family members up to today who have never returned where you can only think and hope maybe they died or something happened to them and even in that you have to let go and i had heard the stories before i was even captured of what happened because we were we've been in a war zone i was born in a war zone raised in a war zone amen so what happened is i decided i needed to escape i couldn't tell the girls i couldn't tell anyone that this is what i'm doing like let's go we're going to get firewood and water and we kept going and kept going and some of them started suspecting and saying i think this is what we're doing i wouldn't answer you know sometimes you know the bible says don't cast your pearls before swine sometimes when god is doing something and is about to give you a breakthrough and it gives you an idea there are so many believers who are so quick to just go and talk and talk and talk about it but you don't realize that if you do that too soon that plan is not going to be executed because after all the bible says that enemy is out there roaring like a lion waiting for who to devour it's not pride when you don't tell people your secrets when you don't tell people what god wants to do i believe we do it too as leaders you know god shows us a plan for the year i don't release it right now not everything because i don't want the non-believers who attend church who are so negative to go home and start bashing on the idea amen because it happens lord bring the fire of god bring the fire of god bring the fire of god into the church so i didn't tell anybody and i kept going and going and going and when we reached far we got caught we got caught three times and we escaped three times and in that one time the second time around they took my gun away from me and one of the girls said it's Jennifer because she's the one she's the one in charge and i looked at her and i said if i still had my gun in my hand i would shoot you and the commander looked at me and said well said the very gun that i had that they took from me used it and shot the girl for years when i came back nightmares just you can't sleep you know that internal turmoil that happens on the inside of you but you know i got over that stuff and my actual escape is one day i was on my knees just on my elbow and i crawled away slowly while the elbow the rebel commanders and the commanders were playing cards and rejoicing and that was after the helicopter day by the way because my friends were blown all over the place you're running i i tell people all the time i have no idea how i'm alive that's why when the worship team steps on stage and they start singing open the gates let heaven own in come rest on us i don't have time to look at my neighbor i don't have time to see who is doing what all the time i have is to say father may you open the gates of heaven and let heaven rest here because i want you because i know i know I crawled on my elbows. The whole time praying, I didn't even tell anyone. A girl saw me, did the same, someone else saw her, did the same, and when I got away, got off and ran. 5 days running. I didn't know people were following me until I heard gunshots. And I realized they probably realized I had escaped. Do you know that 
whatever you do, someone is watching. So please do good things, especially when you're in church. And I don't mean in this building. I mean believer. When you're a believer, do good. Be a good example because people are watching. You are supposed to be the light of the world. The light of the world. But we have people who walk in light and then in darkness. So when you're a believer and you walk in darkness, and the Bible says that we are the ones supposed to shine the light of God around us, we think we're developing the kingdom of God, and yet we're throwing people into darkness. That's why this thing about extreme light and darkness is very dear to me this year. I got into this cave. They fired gunshots in that place. We got out of there. They followed us, sent a trucker after us. 36 girls, four of us made it. And when we did, the night before, we were all naked up on the tree. Remove our clothes and left it so that they can think that we, you know, kind of ran or something. We came back. So God saved me from that, and I made a prayer. I said, God, if you save me, Everywhere I go, I'll tell people of your goodness. I'll expand the kingdom. I'll do your work. And from then on, I started a journey. But do you know the three things that have helped me? Not in the, quite in the beginning, but I grew into them. One of them was the word. I stayed in the church. My deliverance came from the church. I would stay in the church. I would be in the church. I love church grandmas and grandpas. My best friends, by the way, best of friends, 70-year-olds. 65-year-olds. You know why? Because I realize I'm so stupid. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. You know? And there is a church to be led, so I need me some wise people. That's why it's a good thing to have apostolic leaders in the house who stay in the house, who provide covering and a blessing. Amen? So I stayed in church. I love church because in my depression, in my suicidal spirit, I tried to kill myself twice, never succeeded. Probably because there weren't good stuff to be used. But I know that God had a purpose and a plan for my life. And I remember this prayer and saying, God, if you rescue me, I will serve you. I wrote it in a book when I came out. And it was amazing, and people were praying for us. And of course, then I realized now, when I got caught, I'm like, man, I was bullied. I didn't realize that then, because people were like, look at the girl, that's the girl, that's the girl. And in the beginning, I was smart as I get in school, number one. But you know why? I just did it so I could prove those guys wrong. Because there was pride in it. You see, the Bible says that anything that you do, if it's for good, whenever there is wickedness under it, you flatter yourself. You can be the most anointed person, but whenever there is a seed of wickedness inside or behind whatever you do. Now, let me explain that a little bit. Worshippers who worship to get their own glory. You know, pastors, you know, whatever, leaders, you're at church all the time. I tell my church members, your Christianity is not measured by how much you stay at the church, by the way. Not how long you're here. Now, I don't know if you'll get a paycheck if you never show up and you're a staff member, but it's not measured by that. Amen? So we come into this place, and, and I get out of there, and I'm thinking to myself, God, what will you do with this child? 
I went through inner healing upon inner healing upon inner healing until I started to realize that it's only the word of God that can change things. Amen? Only the word of God. We go through trials and pass. We do so many things. But the Bible says, James 1, that the, the law, we have to love the word of God. And it calls us to himself. And we are to be doers of the word of God. And the word doers, doers they are being poetess. And the word poetess is mean engineers. We're supposed to be engineers of the word. We're supposed to go and do. So if we're to be the doers of the word, how can I do a word that I never read and I understand? So the year 2022, living by the word of God, number one, we got to read the word of God. We got to know what it says. And so we make the word produce what we want. The word of God is what produces it. Now, the Bible says the scripture, you know how the Bible says, I read the scripture, that we think the scripture is life. No, the scripture is just paper. Nowadays, you can get it through a phone or whatever. The Bible is great and all. But it's not the Bible that we carry. It's not the phone app that I carry. I could pick a Bible. Bibles get burnt all the time in fires. All the time. It's not the Bible in itself. It is the word in the Bible. Meaning it's alive. The Bible says the word of God is alive. Meaning the word of God is supposed to point me to something or someone. And that someone is who then becomes in me. The Bible says it's the light that lights my path. Why do we need that light, which is the word of God? Because in the spiritual realm, the mystery about the spirit is there is actually darkness in the spiritual realm. There is darkness and there is light. That's why we need the word of God to show us the path. Because there's stuff in the spiritual realm that is just a little bit on the offside. You know, there's witchcraft and sorcery and all of that stuff. And I know this for a fact. But there is also the light side. Now, if you don't believe me, let's go back to the beginning when God, an angel, and fallen angel is the devil. He was an angel. He was in heaven. He knows the things of heaven. The devil is very smart, very knowledgeable. You can't beat him by knowledge. The only thing that can beat the devil is light. Light. And that light is the word of God. Not just reading it, but the word of God alive in me. Why? Because when the word of God becomes alive, now I have legal access. I have full power of God. It's almost like I'm God himself walking on earth. I know some religious spirits all over the place. How can you be God? Did you say you're God? I just want to clarify it for the live streamers. I'm not saying we are God. But when that legal exchange happens, you have the capacity to operate at the level of God himself. Because God has already given you the dominion. You got to remember, he's where? Where is he? Resting. He's resting. He's done. So we pray and say, God, change the nation of Canada. I told the church and say, we, we need to change how we pray. My prayer is now, arise, my soul, remember this, you know, no longer I will live, but Jesus lives in me. That's the thing. 
Arise, my soul. Arise, the church. Arise, Jennifer. Arise, Cameron. So that Jesus may live in me. And now I then take that Jesus and go wherever I go. It's like there's some Jesus, there's some forgiveness, there's some love. The Bible says they know us by our love. Not by anything. By our love. So believers and non-believers. If you have a problem loving people, you need to check your Christianity. Amen? Amen. You just got to love people. It, you got to remember, it's not a command. And I, I know, yes, the Ten Commandments say love your God and everything. But love, the Bible says he's put it in. The Bible says he smeared love on the inside of you. He smeared it on the inside of you. Amen? Yeah. And so the love of God is like God himself is in us. And when I found that secret... I remember when Todd Bentley, you know, was in Uganda doing a bunch of things. I say his name. It doesn't bother me. You know why? There's a lot of people like judging and doing all of this thing. You're busy talking about other people. What is it your business? Were you their apostolic leader? Were you the one covering them spiritually? I like Joyce Meyer once. She once said, you have no opinion where you have no authority. And I was thinking to myself, man, Joyce, man, can you preach this to every church? Let's just come to church and put Joyce, man, on. You have no opinion where you have no authority. But so many of us, even in the church, even with what's happening with the nation right now, we've left our seat of authority. And we've gone on to social media. And then now you start talking from a social media standpoint. You're losing because that's not your territory. It's not your place. Because we need to be in here praying and accessing heaven so that we can become walking Jesuses and don't stay in the church. And then we need to go out. Like Faitin always says, say, you can pray all you want, but you got to go outside and vote. You got to go outside because we are not meant to be in this building. The building is just for fellowship. But there are Christians who depend their whole Christian life on a Sunday morning. You don't read your Bible until when you're at church. You don't even say a prayer until the pastor prays at the front. That's not the kind of church we want to build because we want to build believers. I had to forgive and I had to let go. But the word of God became alive for me. I believe it with everything. The word of God is so, so true. It is so powerful. When we think of eternal life, the Bible says the scriptures that we find, they do not have life, but they point us to Jesus. That's why the Bible says it's a light. The Bible is never wrong. The word of God never goes back void. So how are we interpreting scripture? And are we truly living by it? And maybe we don't understand it. That's why it doesn't work for us. So make it a point to understand the word of God, which I have no doubt this house is rich in the word. You guys are rich in worship. You're rich in all of these things. Amen? These are just a few nuggets that the Holy Spirit is putting on my heart to release. And I always tell people, if you don't feel it, don't take it. Don't feel it, don't take it. It won't bother me, it won't offend me one bit. Amen? Did you know that Hebrews... Is written backwards. 
You know, when you write English, you start writing from here and you go that way. In Hebrew, actually, the Bible, and I don't, and I don't claim to be a scholar because I have, I have people here. See? Smart. Why? And I always look, you know, I sit in the church, I look at Pastor Archie. If I'm not so sure, I look at him. So today I'm looking at these guys, and if they're going like this, I'm like, okay, we're on the right track. <laughs> I'm saying something that's, you know, it's not off, right? But in Hebrew, they write from that side going like this. And I see, you know, both your pastors are, yeah, it's backwards. So if I'm to understand the Bible, that means the Bible says he's the Alpha and Omega. Maybe he was the Omega before he was the Alpha. Do you realize that the things of God are never in clear sight? Jesus spoke in parables. Meaning you can't just read it and take it the way it is. It won't work. You got to dig deep. And sometimes you got to look at it backwards. When we do studies and, you know, when you're looking for research and stuff like that, you go deeper. What does it mean? The Bible says you need another scripture to confirm another scripture to know that it's the word of the Lord. Forget these people who come releasing the word of the Lord without any scripture backing. You need a scripture backing for everything that you say. Otherwise, it's just your opinion. And people don't need our opinions anymore, you know. In Ezekiel, you know, do you know that Isaiah was one of the smartest, smartest, smartest prophets. Powerful in the Old Testament. Unbelievable. And everything that he proclaimed, and you know, everybody knew him. So when you're talking about times and eons of time in spiritual dimension, you think prophet is like, man, Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet. But do you know that the Bible says that when the Lord wanted to put the scroll into Isaiah's mouth, just stay with me for a second here, the angel of the Lord went and picked the scroll. The Bible describes it that it was like fire. The angel, stay with me, the angel picks the scroll, puts it in Isaiah's mouth. Isaiah, who is smart, Isaiah, who is the biggest prophet, Isaiah, who knew, who foresaw anything and everything that was happening. He could tell, he walked with God, he was close with God. And the angel puts the scroll that is like fire in Isaiah's mouth. But he had to use a tongue to hold it. So the Bible says that he used a tongue to pick and grab it because it was too hot. Too hot for the angel. Puts it in Isaiah's mouth. And now Isaiah is still a great prophet. Very, very, you know, like, you know, very smart, intelligent, great prophet of the season. You know, within the times of the old Bible times. And yet, the Bible says, the moment he took the scroll, he fell down and said, Lord, forgive me for you. I am a man of unclean lips. What? I walk with God. I do all of these things. But I'm unclean? You see what happens with the fire of God. You guys, let me tell you, we need the fire of God in the church. Because the fire of God is what is going to go outside and change this nation. The fire of God. Why is it important to have the fire of God? Because the fire of God, let me not even go there. First, what does fire do? Fire burns. What does fire do? Fire destroys. What does fire do? It is hot. Meaning you can't touch it. 
unless you have to be of a certain caliber. You just can't come near fire unless you have a gear like the firefighters. You can't play with fire because it will burn you. You can't play. Fire has capacity to destroy. It is hot. It burns. It purifies. It also, the, as same as it's purifying, it also brings out the best out of things. Do you have an idea what God is doing with the nation of Canada? God is purifying us under fire over here, virus. God is purifying the church and he's saying, wake up, wake up church and rise up because I have given you dominion to declare, not to stand as leaders, not to talk about the social and political things. That is not your area. We need to stand in our dominion as the church and say, he is the king of kings. The Bible says, let's go back to the word. The Bible says, Every word in the Bible is true. And yet the Bible says he's the one who puts kings in places. Why am I going to the king? I need to go to the king of kings and lay out my agenda with him. But we know that the Holy Spirit who lives in us searches the heart of the father. So if I have the Holy Spirit in me, he searches the heart of God. I've created an altar. Now all I have to do is go to my altar, induce the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to search the heart of God. Tell me his secrets so I can walk out of there and release it on earth. Releasing, releasing, releasing. Prophecy everywhere. By the way, that's where prophecy comes from. Word of knowledge comes. It's not just easy. It's because they're spending time in the presence. They're seeking something. We got to be Christians who live by fire. Why is this important? Because fire will purify you. If you don't want to be purified, you're not going to go anywhere. If you don't want to be purified, you remain in the same level. So before you start asking, say the fire of God, I want to live by fire. I tell myself, I live on the edge. I was captured when I was nine. I know this stuff. Don't be fooled of how I dress. I'm a warrior. I'm a princess warrior in the devil's camp. When people tell me in the church and they say, my family is in trouble. My children are in drugs and alcohol. When people tell me that, I remove all of that, by the way. And I come from a royal family, which is the irony. But I remove all of that. And I say, don't worry, because I have seen the enemy at work. I know he's roaring. And I go and I say, it's not even because I'm a pastor. I become a warrior in the spiritual realm and say, no more, no more, no more. Out, out, out. Remove, remove. It's like a surgeon going in the spiritual realm using the word of God. That is like a double-edged sword. The Bible says it cuts. No matter where I go, wherever I turn, the word is a double-edged sword. Meaning if I'm talking to someone, whatever I say will cut. Whatever you do, which direction you turn, there is a cutting and a pruning and a slicing. Oh my goodness. The word of God and living on fire. You have the word of God, but you need the fire to purify it. To keep it pure. So you can step into dominion. Does it make sense now? Double-edged sword. Canada. Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this nation? I access the heavens. That's why these things about a link and all this stuff, you know, I think Pastor Mark involved with that. Very important. That's how we fight the battle. Living by the word of the Lord. Become a believer who loves the word. I promise you, it will solve all of your problems. I tell people all the time, go to God 
before you go to man. Can we go to God first before we go to man? Someone's talking and saying this about me. I don't know. Maybe they're jealous or I don't know what's happening. And do you know what helps me? I can't tell you a secret. Do you know what makes me forgive people easily? Because I realize they have a different perspective. They're talking about me and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you have no idea. How can I even blame you? I'm not offended. It's so good. You leave the people. You go to God. The Bible says there are believers who are busy fighting men. I want to speak to someone. If you're believing for a system, uh, I feel like in the uh, spiritual realm, there is, there is just people who are needing justice in this season. If you're looking for justice, something has happened. Justice. I'm talking justice stuff. Let it be from, I don't know, it could be from who's leading the children's ministry to who's leading the youth. I don't know what it is. To, they took my spot. It's not your spot. Because if we opened our eyes in the spiritual magnitude, we will realize in the kingdom of the Father, there is a spot for everyone. If you think someone is taking your spot because you're in the wrong place, because when you seek the Father and know your spot, you would be in your spot because there's a name on it for you. There's a name on it for you. And now we just say, and I say, when people start saying striving, I said, because you need, you need to seek God unapologetically. Do you know there are believers who just come to pastors, pastors, do this, do this, who like, you know, young people, it's like, where do you go to church? Uh, after church, where do you go? My house. Well, are you going to find a girlfriend, a boyfriend there? No. Well, then maybe mingle a little bit. I don't know, maybe sometimes for the guys, it's as easy as take a shower. <laughs> or brush your teeth, have some breath mints. When you come to young adults, that might help. Faith without words. From the apostle himself. Amen? So 2022, 2022, listen to me guys. 2022, this is the year. This is how I overcame. That story I told you in the beginning, do you know, want to know how I got here? Is by believing the word of God. Doing my very best to live on the edge. I said, I refuse to be regular. I refuse to be a normal person. I don't want to look like other people. I don't want to do other things like other people. It doesn't bother me. Everybody in my church knows me for wearing weird colors. I figured I won't come up in orange or something because I'm preaching at another church. But you know, the thing is, I love it because we're meant to be different. And we're meant to be me. I will never be Pastor Mark or Pastor Chris. But I love them because the anointing and the call of God on their life is so different. It doesn't mean it's the best or better than mine or whatever. Because there is no, there is no comparison. And in this season, God is looking for a church that can function in five-fold ministry. Five-fold ministry, evangelist, pastor, apostle prophet and teachers, all of it. And you want to know a secret? Even if all the five-fold ministry were functioning 150%, there is still room. There is still room even when they're functioning, they're over, they're succeeding, that level of anointing and authority. They would never be in your land. Oh. So why am I struggling so hard to make sure the other person doesn't get there? 
Why does it bother me and it gives me a thing in my belly when I see them giving a prophetic word? I'm just saying this because I know you're a very mature church. I believe that you can take this. Because you have Pastor Mark here. (laughs) Now, I haven't been here, but because he's the apostolic leader of this church, I know behind the scene what happens. I have an idea. Make room. 2022. I've decided as Lighthouse Church or one of the servants that, that we will make room. It's not just about us. We will make room for the community. We'll make room. We started to talk now saying it's about the big C. Because all we want is to shine the light in the community. All we want. So we're we're grumbling, but the world is looking at us and saying, look, 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 look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. It's about unity. It's about working together. It's about the big. And like I said, you know what? Lighthouse Church will never steal the thunder of community church. But because we are principled, godly people, as I come to a conclusion, I want to honor this church because Lighthouse Church came from community church. Pastor Ochi was here maybe a while ago. So I honor this house. I pray a blessing over the leadership of this house. And I believe that as the big church, Parkland County, Canada, Alberta, we're going to see a change because it's the year that the spirit, that the veil is getting removed. Amen? Amen. The veil is getting removed and there's a heightening in the spiritual realm. But it's going to take us knowing the word of God, having the fire of God in us, understanding our place and stepping in dominion. I love this song. Nikki Mathis sings this song. I think it's, it says, You're moving the veil and I finally see You're delivering me from me. So, Lord, I pray that you deliver us from us, that we will connect with you, that we will connect with you and step into the authority that you've given us. Father, I just release that every gifting, every person that thought that maybe they're not functioning in their gifting, Father God, that you give them a new season, you give them a new season, King of Glory, that you release your fire, King of Glory, into this house even more and more. Father, we release the fire of the Holy Spirit, King of Glory, the fire of God, and we say more, Lord. We want to go low so you can increase, King of Glory. We thank you for community church. I thank you for the leadership of this church in Jesus name. Amen. Cameron, come on up. We uh Amen. Let's bless them. Come on. And I'd like our leadership team to come up. I want us to surround them and I want us to release a blessing not only to them as a couple but to Stony Plain. Uh, church, Lighthouse Church. Father, we just pray right now, God, for a great blessing. Father, we break the power of every uh, ill-spoken word against them. We break the power of every curse. We break the power of every judgment. We say, Father, these are our family. These are our brothers and sisters. 
Lord, who are walking and attempting to walk in the light of the Lord, we say in Jesus' name, we will give the principalities and powers of this region no fuel to uh, attack them with in Jesus' name. We disqualify the spirit of criticism. We disqualify the uh, even the scent of divisiveness that would seek to uh, overwhelm that community in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray that you would expose and break the brack of every source of sorcery in this region. God, we say in Jesus' name, we are for Stony Plain Lighthouse Church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I do have something. All right, so... Stay here, Jennifer. So this is kind of crazy. This is for all of us, so keep your faith alive here. So two years ago, you guys were here. I did not know that you were going to be in leadership for Lighthouse, and we were in the hallway over there after an event here. So I actually didn't know them, and I really didn't know what their role was. But I feel like the Lord's wanting me to reveal this now. I gave them a prophetic word, and I said, I feel like in Stony Plain, and it was something like God is making you pillars for for some sort of reason i just dropped that on them and then was like okay see ya and it was really great but i feel like it's this is such a wild moment here to see that that was so authentic and that the lord's doing that so i feel like the lord just has a bit of a follow-up word for that as he's as he's now established this thing by his word and it is here in the natural first god we want to give you glory for your creation and what you've put here and i just see this image of a lighthouse um, I see like that pillar, it's, uh, it's a lighthouse, and I see that waves will crash up against it, storms will hit it, you will go through typhoons, you will go through tornadoes, you will go through the most uh, horrific weather, but you will be unmoved and untouched. And the Lord says, that which I have made for this region where I have had the redemption of Stony Plain as a geographic area, I have had added in my heart for decades and decades and the Lord is affirming and confirming that word two years ago that I gave you he's saying it is here this is now and so we together as a body come into agreement that no harm will come to you that you will not fear the arrows that you will walk on poisonous snakes and cobras and that the God has sent his angels to take good care of you and no man so now we speak over your children and a blessing on your children and we say to you both of you guys that actually what the Lord's doing in you he will do even greater in your children and that he has a plan underway for this region and he has held you Jennifer in his heart for this time and for this region even when you were nine years old watching that helicopter go away it's brilliant because he saw this moment here and now and I just feel like like in a movie where everything goes bad and then everybody starts walking out in slow motion and it's time. I feel the Lord going, 
I had this scene ready for a long time. So we bless you in Jesus' name. We say that we gird your legs as a community. We come behind you. We call you brothers and sisters. We are for you. We are not against you. And we say, Father, we affirm this incredible thing that you have done here in Jesus' name. Let's give him glory. Well, that was pretty good, hey? Put your hands on your head. You are meant to be the light. I am the light, declared. I am the light. I am the light. So as you go today, know who you are, that he has girded you with everything you need to be the light. He goes in front of you. He goes behind you. He's all around you. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will direct you. That's who he is. You are the light. Go and be the light in Jesus' name.